You are tuned into the Dr. Tina Show with Dr. Tina Moore. For more, visit drtina.com. On this episode of the Dr. Tina Show, I am sitting down with the Chief Medical Officer of BodyBio, Jess Kane Berman. I brought Jess on the show today because I've been hearing a ton about this company and their supplements, and I wanted to learn more. I thought they were just another supplement company, but people that I respect immensely have been going on and on about how amazing these products are for cellular membrane health. Your cells' membranes are fatty acid bilayers, and if they are not healthy and functioning well, nothing else works. And so I wanted to bring Jess on and really just pick her brain. What I found out was fascinating. I was reminded of so many things that I had forgotten or hadn't been top of mind and learned a ton more. I know you will too, so let's jump in. You've likely heard that certain supplements are nature's ozempic. And while that's not entirely true, there are certain molecules that do help turn on our own natural endogenous production of GLP-1. The supplement that I prefer due to its multiple beneficial actions and supported by lots of data is sodium butyrate. Butyrate can impact the hormone GLP-1 by altering the behavior of certain cells in our gut that naturally produce GLP-1. Butyrate doesn't directly communicate with GLP-1, but it does change how these cells operate. Think of butyrate like a switch that can turn on or off the production of GLP-1 by affecting the genes and elements inside these cells. Sodium butyrate also supports healthy blood sugar regulation and metabolic health by promoting balanced insulin sensitivity and optimizing the body's utilization of glucose. And my favorite brand of sodium butyrate is by BodyBio. Right now, you can save 20% off when you head to bodybio.com and use the code DRTINA20 at checkout. That's bodybio.com and code DRTYNA20 at checkout. Do you ever find yourself with that midday energy slump, feeling tension in your head and tightness in your upper back and neck from sitting at your desk too long? Yeah, me too. I used to chalk it up to desk fatigue and I'd often find myself going for a walk to find coffee and often craving something sweet. I was recently gifted some samples of Element by my buddy Rob Wolf. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means lots of salt with no sugar. In the past, I've only really used electrolytes when I sauna. I decided to give it a try in the afternoon instead of reaching for my regular cup of coffee and holy smokes, it's been a game changer. I've noted significant improvement in my energy levels and brain clarity, along with less tightness in my muscles and my head. I've teamed up with Element and they've been gracious enough to offer my listeners of the Dr. Tina Show a free gift with purchase. The free gift element sample pack includes one packet of every flavor. This is the perfect offer for anyone who's interested in trying all of their flavors. My personal favorite is the raspberry salt. They offer a no questions asked refund policy on all orders and you don't even have to send the product back. This offer is exclusively available to Dr. Tina Show listeners. So be sure to use the link in the show notes and take advantage of it now. Head to the link drinkelement.com forward slash Dr. Tina. That's drink lmnt.com forward slash Dr. Tina. Jessica Kane, thank you so much for coming on the Dr. Tina show. I'm so excited to have you here. We are going to be talking all about uh, body bio. You're the chief medical officer, and we're going to be talking about GLP-1s and brain health and all kinds of fun stuff. So thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I was introduced to your company a few years back by our mutual friend, Dr. John Kim, who has been on my podcast a few times for my audience. If they haven't heard his interviews, go back and listen to those. He's so funny because every single time I've come to him with any kind of health issue, we were talking, you and I were talking offline. I'm like, hey, John, what do you think of this? And he's like, cellular health, cellular membrane health, (laughs) body bio. (laughs) So I'm really excited to pick your brain today because I have many questions. I, I'm very excited to have the conversation. I, you know, I truly believe my grandparents started the company 35 years ago. I truly believe that cellular health is so much a part of our conversation now, uh, just due to the world that we live in, right? The, yeah. the world that we're living in today is so much different than it ever has been, and it's more toxic. And we really need to build the cellular resilience. So that's why so many people who have been through such extreme health issues such as John have kind of found the way and and learned so much about maintaining cellular health. Yeah, yeah. So tell me about the brand. How did this start with your grandfather? Yeah, so it started 35 years ago. My grandparents were fatty acid researchers um, and they really, they were doing research for, you know, about 40 years. Um, and it really brought them to a precipice in kind of the 1990s where they were training practitioners on different forms of lipid replacement therapy and how it could work therapeutically for neurodegeneration or, um, you know, children with rare epilepsy disorders or children with autism. And what they really found was phospholipids, bioactive lipids, butyrate, short chain fatty acids, electrolytes can assist in really optimizing neurometabolic health. And so they developed the product line uh, from this kind of research that they were doing and the trainings that they were doing and started to work on the product line, which came about in about the late 1990s. Well, that is so fascinating because I, just as a side note, when I was a teenager, I really struggled with depression and anxiety. And it also coincided with a pretty severe eating disorder. And I've been open about this with my audience. Um, And what I found through my journey through naturopathic medical school was, and through chiropractic college was how helpful fats were for me. And I was embracing the fats long before most of my colleagues. And I took a lot of heat for it. And I was, I knew it was, there was more to it than just the omega-6s and the omega-3s and the seed oils. And, you know, we we called them omega-6s at the time, but really, you know, incorporating saturated fats into my life made such a profound difference for me and my brain health overall and my mental outlook. And then really kind of deep diving into that phospholipid membrane and understanding that, I'm sure you understand it even more deeply than I do, but Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the cellular membrane. What is it and why are fats so important? Because I came out of the era, I don't know how old you are, but I came out of the like low fat, no fat era and everybody went batshit crazy <laughs> because we were all being fed fake fats and Olestra and you know Pam spray on oil and all that garbage. I distinctly remember the moment we went from lard in my family to I can't believe it's not butter and and I went crazy. That's when I went. That's when I went south. That's when my mental health went south. Was when my mom started cooking with that, and I started eating that that crappy fake fat. So I'm a big fan of the real fats and the fatty acids. But let's tell the audience what is a cellular membrane made out of? Because I don't think they realize how important fats are for us. It's made out of fats. Uh, I mean, mostly phospholipids. The cell membrane is a um, lipid bilayer, so it's like this this two kind of layer 
of phospholipids, different phospholipids on the inner layer versus the outer layer. 50% of the outer layer is comprised of phosphatidylcholine. You have saturated fats, you have ion channels and peptide channels. Um, you have different, you know, minerals and, and things like the electron transport chain. I mean, there's so many different beautiful things that happen on the membrane. Um, one of my favorite, um, I don't know what he, he wouldn't be called a researcher, but, you know, Bruce Lipton talks about the fact that the membrane is responsible for the actions of the cell. So your yes. DNA is like a blueprint. It doesn't actually perform any action. And so if you have this leaky cell membrane and this cell membrane, that's kind of like a raisin. And instead of it being a grape, you're going to have issues with neurotransmission and the activities that that cell is supposed to be performing. Yes. And what my grandparents really found is that you can normalize the structure of your cell membrane by optimizing your cellular health with phospholipids and, and bioactive lipids like pure forms of omega-3 and 6, linoleic and alpha-linolenic, really important for cellular fluidity and cellular structure, the cell membrane. Absolutely. And you mentioned phosphatidylcholine. Do you want to talk about that for a minute? Because I think that is such a critically important element to our diets and it's so important that we take it in. And when people throw egg yolks out, I want to scream. <laughs> and I, I want to explain for the audience why that is. It's People are, are removing, there's such a myopic view on linoleic acid that they're removing things like egg yolks, thinking that you're decreasing your linoleic acid intake. And so you're getting less phospholipids, phosphatidylcholine. Eggs are one of the main sources, things like soy, um, our other sources, meats even, but we're literally, they're demyelinating. You're, you're, you're removing so much that you're actually reversing your health. And so this kind of myopic view of omega-6 is a whole different conversation. Right. But to focus on phosphatidylcholine, it's a critically important fat, essentially an oil, if you will, because fats are going to be solid. It's a bioactive lipid. It's this beautiful part of the, the cell membrane that we synthesize in our bodies from food. We typically start to lose the ability to synthesize it from food as we age. And it's critically important to our cellular health. So if the majority of the outside of your cell membrane starts to kind of deteriorate, that not only affects your cells, but it affects all the organelles within the cells, like the mitochondria. Yes, yes. And the cell is such a, my uh, undergrad focus really was on cell biology and it's such an intricate world in there. And we need these fatty acids, these appropriate fatty acids for all of it to work, for all of it to flow. And like you said, when, if, when we're ingesting a bunch of, I'm, this whole generation has been basically raised up on crappy fats and it makes those cells so rigid and you, we are in my, I mean, everyone says we're made of proteins and I'm like, yeah, but we function on fats. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's how the, all the signaling. Yeah. And all the signaling and the G proteins inside them and all the, just for the audience to understand that phospholipid bilayer is just chock full of receptors and channels and all of those receptors and channels work best and only really appropriately when these fatty acids, the appropriate fatty acids are made available. So otherwise things just kind of go to hell in a handbasket. The other thing that can happen that's really interesting is uh, toxins can affect the location of those channels and those receptor sites and uh, the composition of the phospholipids within both the cell membrane and like the mitochondrial membrane. And so toxins will literally attach, like currently I'm dealing with mold in my HVAC. So these toxins, these different molds 
will then also grab onto things like heavy metals and they attach themselves to our nuclear and mitochondrial DNA and they create these DNA addicts. And what PC and balance oil and butyrate, butyrate works as an HGAC inhibitor, but it also works as a chemical chaperone to kind of break down these toxins. But it's really those, those products together that optimize our, our neurometabolic and cellular health to detoxify these things. So they're not sticking to our DNA because everything, I mean, the testing that I'm doing recently, triclosan, every single car exhaust fumes. I mean, it picks up everything and it's not wow. like working on old cars or using hand sanitizer all the time. So these things stick to our DNA and they affect us at that epigenetic level. And I think there's so much interesting research going on, particularly in the functional and integrative space on how these things then trigger disease and disease at younger states. Absolutely. And you can't fix anything. I mean, you can take all the fancy things in the world and you can't fix anything unless that cell membrane is signaling and working appropriately and channeling correctly and all of that jazz. So I really do think it is ground zero for folks who, especially the folks who like, I've done everything. And it's like, yeah, I, I, we- Healing well. Yeah, we still have this weird, even in the functional medicine space and in the naturopathic world, we still have this sort of like kill the offending things, um, detox the offending things, which I get, but like- how about we avoid the offending things as best we can? And like you and I were talking offline, it's just unavoidable in our current world. I mean, a lot of these toxins are just, it's just inherent to, we live in a toxic soup is what I call it. Like the planet has turned into a, a big bowl of toxic soup and each in, each individual has their sort of toxic bucket load they have you know filled. And while we can try as hard as we can to avoid as much of these things, and certainly getting rid of the hand sanitizers and the overt offenders, but then there's just this sort of rebuild that we got to do. And I think that's where John has really like evangelized me to understand <laughs> your your product line around this because there, I, I'm not seeing anyone else talk about this. It's really. about nourishing. And I don't think we talk about that enough. In this, yeah. in this field, right? I think when people are dealing with chronic illness, you're dealing with Lyme or mold toxicity or, or something just really, and they're really ill and they're, they're in a state of cell danger response and chronic inflammatory response syndrome. It to just kill, kill and remove, remove, remove it. There needs to be the element of nourishing at that foundational cellular level. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about that offline as well before you and I. This idea that we, you know, we're going to talk, we're going to get into postbiotics and sodium butyrate, but people want to, you know, first they want to dial in their diet, which is of course, step one and very critically important. Obviously looking at the environment we live in and the homes we live in and the places we live, but there's only so much we can do about that often. You know, the, I just tested my house for mold and got back the test results and it's not enough to start ripping walls out, but there's something there, right? So, and and I live in Oregon. I mean, come on, it rains all the time and it's like um, everything molds eventually around here. And then it's a matter of, to me, I've always tried to talk to patients. I'm not as concerned about killing everything off and removing everything as I am making the individual more resilient so that they can withstand these onslaughts. And that's the name of the game, in my opinion. So I think cellular health is a keystone to that. We've got a, and mitochondrial health and the mitochondrial membrane health. 
that's the way to get through this because we can't always control what we're going to get hit with and where we're going to be. And that's, uh, you know, the best we can do is build a robust system inside. Exactly. Yeah. That's really the approach. I mean, it's the approach for adults. It's the approach for children. That is the body bio protocol in, in essence. I love it. So I want to hear more about your grandfather because this guy sounds fascinating. Your grandfather and your grandmother were both? Yeah, they're finances researchers. He just, he was like a biohacker before the term ever even existed in the 1980s. He, um, he was a serial entrepreneur. One of his first jobs out of college, he moved down to Miami and was selling papayas and papaya like enzymes that he like made on the street. Oh Literally, my gosh. he just was like into it and he knew there was something to it uh, for health benefits. And in the 1980s, he had heavy metal poisoning because he had a steel factory. And that was our family business. That's what his parents did. And they had a steel yard. He opened up a steel factory, had heavy metal toxicity, was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome, and just was not willing to take that, that at face value. was not going to say like, okay, this is how I'm going to live the rest of my life. And so he really went on this mission to figure out how he could feel better and then help other people. That's awesome. I love this. I love this. Okay, so we are going to talk today a bit deep dive into sodium butyrate and because it's so important and it ties in to the GLP-1 conversation I've been having on my podcast lately and people are really getting into it. And I, I did a short podcast recently talking about how berberine was not nature's ozempic and sodium butyrate is not either, but what they are and what I think sodium butyrate has actually a multitude beyond, berberine has some really nice impacts, but I think sodium butyrate might be the most efficacious of these. Their GLP-1 inducers or signalers, they they potentiate the cells in our body naturally occurring to make our own endogenous GLP-1. Can you talk about what sodium butyrate is, where it's made in the body, why it's so important? Let's start there. Sodium butyrate is really cool. It's it's technically, you know, this new term that they're still really defining of a postbiotic. It's a short chain fatty acid that's biosynthesized in the colon. And it's essentially a molecule that is produced by specific bacteria when they eat specific fibers. So resistant starches are the most popular. I was talking recently about a study that was done out of the University of Leeds in England recently. And I think it was last year. And it was a 20-year study on over a 1,000 people. And they gave them a green banana a day. And they looked at the data and there was a 60% reduction in total body cancers. Well, why a green banana? It's a resistant starch. And what does that do in the gut? It produces butyrate. So we do not eat green bananas. We don't eat plantains. We don't even eat enough fiber. I mean, the typical American diet has like no fiber in it anymore. Um, and so we're seeing this like systemic low levels of butyrate. I mean, I, I rarely hear that people do a gut test and say like, oh, I have ample levels of short chain fatty acid production. It's just uncommon. And I think combined with the use, you know, rampant use of antibiotics combined with herbicides and pesticides that affect our gut microbiome, we are lacking in the bacteria that produce butyrate. We're lacking in the foods that those bacteria need. And butyrate is such a critically important molecule in the gut for so many reasons. It's the main food source of the colonocytes in the gut. They have a really fast turnover, so they need that food. It's extremely anti-inflammatory in the gut. It's responsible for telling immune cells what type of immune functions to act out. Um, 
on, you know, other levels from the gut, it has systemic benefits from its role as an HGAC inhibitor, histone deacetylase. It basically determines the, the role, like the, the way our DNA is coiled and, and how that is transcribed. Its role as a chemical chaperone, breaking down toxins um, that attach to your nuclear and mitochondrial DNA. It's fascinating. I mean, there's so much, there's so much going on with butyrate, whether it's, there was a great study uh, that came out of Columbia University and the NIH is working on its role in chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, there's some incredible studies that came out this year looking at pediatric obesity. And, you know, this is a population that probably cannot take semaglutide and may not be appropriate for them right. for, you know, a multitude of reasons, but there's natural ways that they can go about inducing and influencing the secretion of GLP-1. Yes, yes, exactly. My whole jam is that we start with natural stuff first. We add in what we need. We build, we pull out the big guns as needed, right? But really focusing predominantly, and I think this is where people get severely off track, and I've said this before on the podcast, the folks using GLP-1 agonists, the drug version, which is the peptides, alone and not doubling down on an insulin sensitive lifestyle, not doubling down on healing their gut, uh, getting their among trees ready to lose fat, getting their among trees ready to detoxify. If you don't have all the right cofactors and you don't have all the right molecules in place, it's. I think that's why we're seeing trouble with the use of these drugs. And you're absolutely right. I, I don't think it's a first line for anyone. Uh, I don't think they're a first line, especially for children. I do think that if they are being used though, that people could do a whole lot better with their lifestyle and their overall health and use them as tools to get that lifestyle piece dialed, right? And then using these supplements and whatever adjunctive treatments we we need as sort of icing on the cake, because that's, I think, again, that's why people are withdrawing from these drugs, getting off of them and gaining all the weight back. I'm like, well, you never you know, you never dealt with your insulin resistance. <laughs> you just turned it down with a drug and then it turned back on the minute you go off of it. And I just think there's a better way. But anyway, I think getting these this endogenous production as dialed in as we can. And endogenous for the listeners means your body's making it. Our body makes GLP-1, like, like you were saying, and we need certain nutrients to do that. And that's where I had a professor tell me once in naturopathic school, he said, death starts in the colon, like straight up. And so day one of graduating and opening my practice, I ran gut tests on every single patient, whether they presented with gut issues or not. I didn't care. I was like, I want to see what your gut's doing because if death starts in the colon, we got to figure out what your what your gut's doing. And you're right. Nobody had enough short chain fatty acids. It's We are dealing with a epidemic of low production. <laughs> and whether it's because they're not ingesting or things aren't working right there, or the cells aren't signaling correctly, but it's a big one. Yeah. I mean, the, it's, it's oh, a product for us that, that was not, I mean, it wasn't an ancillary product, but it was an important product. It was kind of during COVID times that it, it like switched, like people started just paying attention to their gut health so much more. Um, and in the last five years, it's grown 500% for us. I mean, it's just incredible. It's, it was something that I think was very difficult to understand to a general audience, but there's so many more of us taking our health into our own hands, taking our health so much more seriously, being our own advocates, our own educators, 
Um, and it's grown exponentially, not only for our practitioner business, but, but our direct to consumer business, because a lot of people have been failed by, I think, the probiotic industry and, and how many claims that they've made. And it's not necessarily helping. It's true. And there are some folks like myself who can't handle high doses of probiotics. I They tear me apart and it's they say, oh, you just got to get past that. And there was never any getting past it in some cases. And many of my patients who had inflammatory bowel disease or really severe IBS, probiotics were just like fire. You know, it was just like lighter fluid on the fire, I should say. And what I would tell them back then, you know, butyrate, the butyrate I had been exposed to up until your product line was pretty stinky stuff. And yours is not so stinky. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> no, it's not as stinky. Although I will say I have other forms in the works. Um, so there's a form that I'm working on that's going to have no stink whatsoever. And it's encapsulated in lipid beadlets so children will be able to take it, which is oh. so Wonderful. Well, that so that takes me back to what I was saying. I always told patients, take this. Butyrate is like a balm for your colon. That's what I would tell them. I know we talk about it as fuel for the colonocytes, but I think of it as like the soothing balm. So when the gut's really irritated, butyrate is a lovely lovely balm in my opinion. And that's how I would get patients to take it because it didn't always induce a an acute reaction where like they take it, they'd feel better. In many cases it can. For me, it does. When I take it, my gut feels way better pretty fast. Uh, but in some patients like, why am I doing this again? Because in their heads, they wanted the upstream. They wanted the kill, 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 kill off all the bad stuff. And I'm like, how about we shift your biome with diet and then we apply a balm? <laughs> you know, that's, like that. <laughs> that's, that's kind of how I at least verbalized it to get people to understand my sense. Diet. Because if you take an inflamed gut or you take somebody who's dealing with a really severe inflammatory process, my mom has Crohn's. Um, my entire side of her family has been just, I mean, my grandmother died of it. My uncle died of it. It's Crohn's is in the family. My daughter has that genetic lineage. And then on her dad's side, there's ulcerative colitis. And so I'm like, yo, take care of your gut early. Do not get to the point where I got. Most of us get to the point where the wheels are falling off and then we go to a functional medicine practitioner to try to fix, you know, right the ship. And often they start with, and this is one of the reasons I don't love high dosing berberine because berberine is a, it's a microbiome killer, really, you know, when you think about it, I, that's, we've most often utilized it in my practice to bring down, you know, abnormal, bacterial counts in patients' guts. And so while it works on the metabolism, it also is, you know, most notably an antibacterial um, substance. And so finding something that has a similar impact that is not going to be such a bomb on the gut, that's what I'm looking for. I was talking to John last night about um, thoughts on taking berberine and butyrate together. Oh, yeah. Because you get, you know, if, you, if berberine is kind of a little bit of actions similar to metformin. Butyrate has tiny actions similar to, uh, you know, semaglutide, ozempic. I wonder what the two of them together would would look like. It's an interesting... Well, I often had patients on both, you know, because I was treating the front end. I was trying to reestablish a more normal microbiome. So we were, you know, removing the offenders with the berberine and using the berberine for blood sugar balance because everybody has some level of metabolic dysfunction, you know, especially if they're walking into my clinic feeling crummy. I'm, I'm guessing they're going to, and they their labs would definitely show that. But then 
I mean, that was always part of the protocol because I was trying to hit the front end of the gut and the back end of the gut. So that was my, I would use something I can explore. Oh yeah. 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 But you got, that's the thing. You got to have the balm. If you just keep bringing down the bacterial counts with stuff that kills it off. And then you're, if you, especially if you're throwing probiotics at it, I'm not trying to dismiss probiotics, but if you're throwing a lot of probiotics at it, you got to do something to calm down the spasms and the the tail end of the track, if you will. I like to say it like makes a happy house for the probiotics to live in, right? In a way, um, it helps seal those tight junctions. It helps to seal leaky gut. Um, you know, I, I think there's just so many different roles that it plays in the gut. Um, but the anti-inflammatory is particularly important for butyrate. I've never been big on skincare, but recently started getting more serious as the signs of aging are definitely showing. I've recently started using an incredible skincare line and I'm excited and wanted to share with you. The past few years, my skin has been doing this annoying combo between an allergic prickly heat rash and a perimenopausal rosacea, and it drives me nuts. My buddy, Andy Nilo, owns a skincare line, and so I reached out to him for help. Andy is the best dude and he kindly sent me a big box of products to try and let me just say, wow, I am in love with Alatura skincare. Each and every product from Alatura is a game changer for my skin. The products feel amazing and my skin is calm and clear again. Alatura is handcrafted natural skincare. Their mission is simple, to provide customers a skincare wellness experience with products made of superior natural ingredients packed with nutrients, minerals, and natural growth factors. Alatura is the skincare line I've been looking for and it checks all the boxes. It's all natural, cruelty-free, non-toxic, non-GMO, and as organic as possible. Listeners of the Dr. Tina Show can now save 20% off your first order by heading to alatura.com. That's A-L-I-T-U-R-A.com. And be sure to use code Dr. Tina at checkout for the discount or simply click the link in the show notes. You're going to love it. Hey guys, I've been using an incredible supplement for brain support and I wanted to share. Rise by Cured Nutrition is a nootropic blend of functional mushrooms, adaptogens, and cannabinoids that will leave your brain firing on all cylinders. It contains a blend of lion's mane, cordyceps mushrooms, rhodiola, ginseng, and broad spectrum CBD. Let me just tell you, I've been using all of these herbs and ingredients for a long time and I love them all. So to have them all in one place is incredible. I initially started taking Rise by Cured Nutrition because perimenopause brain is real and After reading over the label, I was sold. Rise by Cured also contains broad spectrum CBD, which aids in balancing the supplement as many of these nootropic focus supplements can be a bit overstimulating. So including the CBD in there helps avoid this. Right now, Cured is extending an exclusive offer to you, my listeners of the Dr. Tina Show. You can grab Rise for 20% off by visiting www.curednutrition.com forward slash Dr. Tina and using coupon code Dr. Tina at checkout. That's C-U-R-E-D nutrition.com forward slash Dr. Tina and coupon code Dr. Tina to save 20%. Talk about the HDAC inhibition. What is that? So people understand what that means. I know you mentioned a little bit about DNA, but I've read about it mostly for cancer. Yeah. It's, I mean, they're, they're really studying this a lot. It's, it's responsible for determining how tightly coiled our DNA is. Okay. And so therefore it's looking at how much of it is transcribed into RNA. Okay. Um, so it uh, supports us on the genetic level by protecting the DNA wrapped around proteins called histones. Okay. So confusing, very scientific stuff. 
Um, <laughs> you can look up an HDAC inhibitor. It's getting into the talk of it being a drug. So we'll avoid right. that. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. you know, FDA disclaimer, it's, um, there's a lot of really interesting stuff going on with uh, the role that it plays as an HDAC inhibitor. Yeah. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. We don't want to go too sciencey. We've got a lot of practitioners listening to the show, but there's a lot of just general public. And my podcast producer will always tease me. He's like, so that one went above my pay scale. I have no idea what you guys were talking about. <laughs> so we got to make sure Drake understands this. <laughs> I try to keep it, I, you know, I try to keep things. It's my job um, in marketing is specifically to take all this very technical information. I remember when I first sat down with my grandparents, and looking at my grandfather and saying, tell me what butyrate is. We used to run this ad that said, feed your microbiome the right stuff. That's not what butyrate is. I, I couldn't, it took me years of sitting with him to figure out exactly what butyrate is. And now people have chat GPT and AI and they can ask it all sorts of questions. But when I was trying to distill this very difficult information from these researcher brains into layman's terms of like, how will people relate to this? Um, it, it really took a lot of work. And I think part of what we've done is we, we educate a lot and we utilize the practitioners that we work with to help us educate as much as possible just on the importance of things like postbiotic butyrate. Right. And taking it back to GLP-1, it doesn't directly communicate with GLP-1, but it changes how those cells that produce GLP-1 operate so that they do a better job. And that's where a lot of folks are busted. I, I see online, there's so much hate around Ozempic and, and I get why. And I also think, a lot, you know, in the online space, you have to be polarizing to get people's attention. And so everyone's jumping on the I hate Ozempic bandwagon. And their biggest argument is that people don't have an Ozempic deficiency. And I'm like, actually, people do have GLP-1 deficiencies. It's a thing. And it's it's there's deficiencies in the brain, there's deficiencies in the gut. And it's because their gut cells are not working appropriately because of all the things you just mentioned. It might be years of abuse from poor diet. Uh, I think with these children that we're seeing, I mean, gosh, I'm, that's a whole other podcast of the state of children's health in this country. But they're, you know, from the get-go, they're not getting appropriate dietary intake from birth. I mean, from preconception, you know, there it's, it's a, and I'm not putting any blame on the moms. I get it, but man, these poor kids are not getting a good start in many cases. And we wonder why they're obese and we're trying to treat them on this. Again, it's like people trying to put out the fire, but not looking at what's stoking the fire. And we're, it's, we're it's so behind on this. And I, I think, you know, I was talking recently with somebody about the fact that the fertility issues that I'm seeing, I'm 40, uh, you know, it's it's rampant and it's not because we're having children later. It is a epidemic. It is a huge problem. Uh, the way people are, you know, just thinking that all these fertility issues are normal or that our children's speech delays are normal or the rates of autism. I mean, these are big problems that we need to be having serious conversations about. We always approach it from, there's a protocol that we actually have for preconception, um, utilizing butyrate, PC, balance oil. I mean, it's really pretty simple. Um, but using those things to, to do cellular detoxification so that you're as healthy as possible and then utilizing tons of those healthy fats and oils, the, the bioactive lipids, the butyrate, I mean, not the butyrate, the PC imbalance or during pregnancy. And, um, I'd really like to, to start seeing if we can put together a consortium of doctors and offices that we can start doing some trials and, and really seeing the data there with people who use it during pregnancy. That's huge. That's so huge. I, I was in very poor health going into pregnancy. I was completely unprepared for it. I, I 
I got pregnant by accident and uh, was probably the unhealthiest I've ever been in my life. I was chain smoking. I was drinking. I was eating garbage. I just was not in a good place. And I got pregnant and I, I joke that, so I have... um I have an autoimmune disease condition called ITP, which is low platelet count. My body eats my platelets or did anyway when I was in poor health. And it was so, my platelets were so terribly low during pregnancy that my mentor, who was a naturopath of many, many decades, Dr. Rick Marinelli, he put me on, I hate to say this now, but he put me on just gobs of shark liver oil. And I felt so bad about it at the time because I was a vegetarian. That was part of my terrible health. <laughs> And I was, you know, it's not nice how they get the shark liver oil. And I'm not proud of that, but it saved me and it got my platelet counts up. And we don't necessarily know how shark liver oil does that. I bet if I go back and look at some data, we could, I could probably piece it together better now, decades later. Um, but I joke with my daughter, I'm like, that was your saving grace is you got pounded with, and I was, he got me on steak, basically steak and shark liver oil. And I was like, well, at least we were getting a lot of good fatty acids into the system to build that brain and to build those, to build the, like you said, the neuronal sheaths. My grandfather died of multiple sclerosis. So that was another reason I took to fatty acid interest in school when I was in school, because I was like, man, this demyelination thing is no joke. And I don't want that. And how do I avoid that? And again, I had come out of the Olestra. Do you remember Olestra? Are you old enough to? Yeah. I came out of that whole group, you know. I and when I was a teenager, heroin chic, skinny was the look, right? So we were all just starving ourselves to death. But unfortunately, we were starving ourselves of fats and we were all going crazy. <laughs> so I came right out of that and got pregnant. So you can imagine the state my body was in. And my daughter is for all intents, quite healthy. But man, I, I, I joke, I'm like, I was part, pounding the shark liver oil, girl. That was, we, should, we should get on that and find out what's in there because that, that was a big one. Um, so talk more about what a postbiotic is for people because we keep mentioning that. I want people to really understand what that means. It's essentially a, a byproduct of a balanced microbiome. So you have your prebiotics, that's like the food, I like to think of it as a, um, if you think of it in, in terms of like a flower, your actual plant, the flower, or we'll, talk, we'll say the plant is the probiotics. The water, sun is your prebiotics and the flowers, fruits, and vegetables are your postbiotics. So the oh, nice. byproduct of that healthy plant are your postbiotics. I like that. And sodium butyrate is a, is a postbiotic. So it helps, it helps heal and seal up that leaky gut and get that colon back into optimal function. Yeah, it is. And, you know, there's some companies making bacteria that produce postbiotics. Um, there's some people that say uh, taking oral postbiotics don't uh, make it to the colon and don't work. They do. We know that from 35 years of manufacturing them. Um, and we're doing some some really interesting clinical trials. Uh, we're doing a clinical trial with the VA starting next year, which is very exciting. Um, we're doing a clinical trial with Dr. Terry Walsh at the University of Iowa. And so we know the efficacy of these things. It's really just about therapeutic versus maintenance doses and, and how much people need. I personally take a ton of postbiotics. Mm -hmm. I've always leaned towards gut health problems. Um, growing up, I, I had low stomach acid production. So in my early 20s, before my grandfather got his hands on me, I was taking the Nexium and the Prilosec and doing all these uh, endoscopies. And I have a hiatal hernia and, you know... I sat down with him one day in San Diego, oddly, and we went to go to get tacos. And he's, I said, I can't eat tacos. He said, here, take an HCL, 
take a magnesium carbonate 45 <laughs> minutes later, take some butyrate before bed. And it changed my life. I mean, I couldn't eat anything before that. And so really getting to this functional root cause approach to, to my health uh, changed the outcome of my gut health in particular. So I use postbiotics. Um, I use it for anti-inflammatory you know, reasons. I use it to just decrease GI inflammation, keeps me regular, great added bonus. And I use it for blood sugar balance. So I use it after meals to help with that blood sugar regulation. Before I had my three healthy children, I, we have a two, a four, and a six-year-old. Back. Um, I went to a doctor and they said, you have, you're pre-diabetic. I'm going to put you on metformin. Here's the prescription for Clomid. This is the only way you're going to be able to have a baby. So I, of course I left. I called my grandfather. He said, no, no, no. You've got to fix your diet. I was living in England. I was not really, you know, focusing. I was in my twenties. I wasn't focusing on my health. Um, and even though I knew what to do for my digestive health, cause he had taught me that in my early twenties, I didn't understand the role that, that insulin resistance and insulin sensitivity plays in all of our health. Um, and so I really started taking that seriously. I had no issues whatsoever getting pregnant. It's wild. I had so many patients come in in the exact same state that you're describing. They were in their mid to late 20s and they were dealing with infertility issues. And I would always tell them as we started to rebuild their gut, get their thyroid working, get their, you know, and you need your gut working to get all these other things working. That's the that's the caveat. You can take all the hormones in the world or you can try to balance your hormones all you want. You're not going to get anywhere if your gut isn't in good shape. And I would always tell them, be careful because your good or your poor health has been your birth control and <laughs> straight up. So if you get pregnant, be be warned because you very well could. And it was always so unfortunate because I would, I successfully helped a lot of women get pregnant in practice. And then they'd go off to their OBGYN and they would say, oh, don't take any of those supplements. Don't do any of that because we don't know what they do. We don't know because they, they were not well educated in them, of course. And they'd say, oh, we don't know what that's going to do to the fetus. So stop. And sadly, some women listened and, and lost their pregnancies. And I was just like, oh, you know, it's it's a it's a cycle. But going back, I just wanted to mention this. You sparked my memory. When I went, and my audience knows this, in 2021, my psoriatic arthritis flared and I went pretty strict carnivore. It actually wasn't anything new to me. That was something I used in clinical practice for well over a decade. I would put people on a high beef diet and straight up, like eat a ton of beef, eat ground beef in particular is very easy to digest if you're in some kind of autoimmune flare. And I'd have them, we would work on the gut as well at the same time. But when I went more strict carnivore, I ended up actually having very, very loose stools and I just couldn't get around it. I knew my microbiome was shifting. I knew I was having a die-off reaction. I knew all of that, um, but it still was really uncomfortable and it seemed to be prolonged. And John Kim, Dr. John Kim was like, take the butyrate. <laughs> it. And I started pounding it. And lo and behold, my gut stabilized really quickly right after. And I had forgotten, you know, we forget we're our worst doctors, we're our own worst doctors. And that's why we have friends who are smarter than us. But um, it really was, it was like, again, that soothing balm that kind of righted the ship for me and, and got me over that hump. And so that the more heavy meat based diet was you know, work, doing its work, which was very helpful for the autoimmune condition. So, and I'm sure the butyrate was helping as well. I agree. And I, I think it's it's uh, critically important actually for people that are on carnivore. You know, some people say you can get ample butyrate production from eating just meat. And I, I don't believe, we don't believe that. I don't believe that. I don't either. think in today's world, like it's just not, maybe, maybe for our ancestors, but right. 
You're talking many, many years ago. Well, I jokingly call it the beef and blueberry diet because that's, <laughs> I make sure that we get some fiber in there from blueberries, but you're right. If people aren't getting, and I, I don't do great with high fiber diets and it, I suppose it depends on the type of fiber, but we got to get, so butyrate is produced in our gut by our large intestine cells, like you said, in the presence of these fermentable fibers. So we need the fiber in there. I don't think a high fiber diet is great for everyone. And I I have seen studies saying, you know, we don't need so much fiber. And I know the hardcore carnivores are like, you don't need any fiber. You know, you don't need to eat any fiber. You'll be fine. But some of us do. And what I notice for me is, and for so many patients, I'm sure you've seen this too, is the gut and the brain are so intimately connected. And when my gut goes south, my brain goes right with it. And it's a mixture of brain fog, slow cognition, depression, anxiety. It's a really unpleasant experience. And I know it's all stemming from what my gut's doing at the time. And so having these tools uh, and a knowledge base around it is really helpful to kind of right that ship. And Yeah. And and I can touch on, I mean, butyrate and brain health is a pretty interesting uh, topic. There's a study that uh, I was recently looking at, butyrate neuroepigenetics in the gut microbiome. Can a high fiber diet improve brain health? Now, this is talking about like a high, you know, high intake of resistant starch and fiber, but what it does and what you can mimic therapeutically by taking butyrate is it emphasizes, you know, the role that the gut brain access has. It pulls from the fact that it's a potent therapeutic for neurological issues uh, due to its diverse biological functions. The mechanisms, as you know, we talked about the HGAC inhibitor from its role as an energy metabolite, um, GPCR activator. I mean, it's just, it's endless. Like the neuroprotective effects of butyrate is one of my, I mean, this is one of my favorite sections of it, just talking about its role in psychological and neurodegenerative diseases. I mean, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, it's critical. And if you're not eating the fiber, you got to get the butyrate somehow. That's that's the take home here. And that's why I- Fiber doesn't work for you. This is such an easy- way to incorporate and get more butyrate. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes we got to supplement stuff and we got to play it by ear. And that's why I'm not, I'm not a big fan of telling people to have a one size fits all dietary approach. I think there's nuances. I think that, well, what I hear from my audience is, you know, I'm, I'm doing what Dr. So-and-so says on the internet. I'm doing what this person says on the, you know, whatever this influencer and they get themselves so confused and spun out. And really the premise of this show is I just try and my whole approach during COVID was like, I'm just trying to bring common sense back to the table. And again, it's individualized, right? And sometimes we got to play with things. Uh, Patients would come to me on a specific protocol saying, hey, this isn't working for me. I did some research. I found this. I found that. I'm doing this. And this is really helping. And I would learn from them, you know, and just being open to that and realizing getting your information solely off of influencers (laughs) is not not always the solution. Sometimes that's like when, you know, that's like when L-glutamine was was trending and everybody kept sending me things on TikTok saying, what's L glutamine? And I'm like, this is not the answer to every gut health problem. Like, it's- Oh my gosh. No. Well, for people not knowing what glutamine does, glutamine in the presence of adequate B6 turns into GABA, which is a really calming neurotransmitter, right? It's like an inhibitory neurotransmitter, but in the presence of not enough B6, which is super common because B6 gets sucked up by all the toxins in the environment and it gets used up very quickly, it turns into glutamate, which is an excitatory neurotoxin. 
So when people are pounding L-glutamine, I'm like, what are you doing? I don't do well on high doses of L-glutamine at all. I can't even touch it. I go batshit crazy real fast. Like all of a sudden my husband's like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I've been pounding L-glutamine. That's probably... (laughs) Because TikTok told me to. (laughs) Because TikTok, we need t-shirts that say that. (laughs) (laughs) Because TikTok told me to. I love it. Let's talk about metabolic health some more and sodium butyrate's role in that and insulin sensitivity, because that's really the premise of my whole platform. Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting because it it helps to, um, in that role that butyrate has to close tight junctions, it also increases interleukin-10. And then also what happens is it impedes the transitions of carbohydrates to glucose. And so you've got all these different roles that it plays uh, for metabolic function. I think the other thing that it does is it triggers the production of insulin, which helps to maintain stable blood sugar levels. Yeah. It also works with leptin. Um, interestingly enough, and regulates energy balance, um, which is necessary for so many things, whether it's satiety or or even brain function. Um, so there's so many neurometabolic uh, benefits to postbiotic butyrate. I did not know it impacted leptin. And I want to talk more about that because leptin is so interesting and I don't think people appreciate it. Leptin, when it is out of whack or when you are dealing with leptin insensitivity, I should say, which is very common, not only is your appetite all squirrely, but that actually leads to, we've, we've, we have data showing that high leptin levels will definitely lead to osteoarthritis. And so we end up with, and my whole background was in joints. I treated, I did regenerative injection therapies in practice clinically. That's mainly what I did. And man, I always talk, and I've done an episode about it on here. I always talk to people like your osteoarthritis really is metabolic syndrome of the joint. It's It really is diabetes of the joint. And insulin at high levels and leptin at high levels inside the joint wreak so much havoc. And so again, this takes it back to gut health, right? Like at the end of the day, we have to have the right things available to have a good healthy gut function so that our joints don't melt. I mean, that's the simplest way to say it. It is. And and it really, there's a lot of um, evidence that's showing that butyrate can improve leptin sensitivity. Um, and that's that can huge. be beneficial for people who have leptin resistance. Um, and leptin and butyrate are obviously both involved in weight management. And so while leptin directly influences appetite, butyrate's role in maintaining a whole kind of healthy gut microbiome and its potential effect on leptin, leptin sensitivity can also indirectly contribute to weight management. Yeah, that's huge. Like put an exclamation point on that because I don't think people realize that one in five patients will present to any doctor's office for pain. And most often I have found clinically that that pain is being driven. I used to tell patients to keep it simple. It's being driven by what you're putting in your mouth. Um, And then I would gain their trust and we would do some gut testing and we would dive in further to the state of their gut. But when you get the gut in a better place, the joints definitely, that coincides very quickly. And so when your gut is off, your joints will be off. And it's when people come in and say, oh, I'm bone on bone and this is wear and tear. I'm like, no, actually it's decades of insulin resistance and leptin resistance. And this started decades ago for you and what's your diet like, you know, and that's a long conversation and it's hard to explain to patients, but just for everyone listening, trust us on this one. Leptin sensitivity is a big deal. And it's difficult to regulate. 
I mean, it, it's really difficult to get leptin sensitivity and, in in, you know, intact and working appropriately. So that's a whole brain gut, <laughs> you know, signaling. And it goes system. back to that, that influence that so many different things have on that gut brain axis. And it's yeah. crucial for metabolic regulation. Yeah. 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 I love this. Um, let's talk about the balance oil for a minute because I don't understand it as well as I should. Oh, and I know, yeah, John's really geeked out on it. So give us the give us the spiel. You know, John, John approaches it from a perspective of somebody who has dealt with a very significant chronic illness, right? He had very significant Lyme, uh, Bartonella, uh, mold toxicity that led to a cardiac arrest at the age of 31. And he really had to, to transform his health. Um, he was able to access doctors that helped him on that journey to learn about root causes and uh, lipid replacement therapy and how to heal from the cellular foundation level up. Um, John understands, and a lot of the doctors that really work very, very intimately with body bioproducts, that the seed oil argument is very myopic and very much a trendy thing and very much a correlation I actually, of all people, bio, what's his name? Biolane. He went on a rampage the other day, about a month ago, about this myopic view we have of omega-6 and linoleic acid. Linoleic acid is 80% of the mitochondrial membrane. I mean, it is integral to our mitochondrial health. If we avoid seed oils, now there's a difference here. We'll talk about that in a second. But if we continue to avoid them at the rate that we are, people will be demyelinating, their health will will be, their cellular health will be awful, which you won't, that won't present on, you know, in terms of like symptoms right away, but it will lead to disease because where does disease occur? In the cells. So it's really about optimizing the ratio for cellular health of these essential fatty acids. There's a beautiful, I mean, one of my favorite biological pathways is the essential fatty acid pathway. And it's so clear that you've got linoleic on one side and you have alpha linolenic on the other with DHA, EPA as lower level essential fatty acids. The two mothers are linoleic and alpha linolenic. And that is what balances. This is not like a, let's take a bunch of fish oil and it'll balance out the fried chicken you just ate or the McDonald's. It's about looking at your health, looking at your diet, avoiding the oxidized and the rancid and optimizing with whether it's seeds or seed creams or getting it from meats or supplementing with something like body biobalance oil that's flaxseed and organic cold pressed safflower, not some gross oxidized vegetable oil sitting on a shelf in canola oil or something. There's a, a difference between adulterated and rancid and unadulterated. Yes. And I think that's the the conversation we need to start having about seed oils. I've kind of stood back and just stayed quiet, let the doctors do the work with their patients, let them convince their patients to take the stuff. Um, but I would say balance oil is one of our most prescribed products from doctors. They love it because they know it's going to provide those parent, mother essential fatty acids that are so critically important for cellular health. Yes. Thank you. That was beautifully said. I don't talk about this much publicly because it is so complicated unless I want to pull out those pathways and explain them from a biochemical perspective. I'm like, 
oh, this is a hard conversation. And people do, they get so black and white. It's just got to be this or that. And they can't see the middle ground. And I'm like, no, it's not all or nothing, guys. <laughs> We're not just stay away from the rancid, highly you know, industrial produced garbage and get the right things to feed the cellular membrane because- we need the three sixes and nines. We need the whole thing working together. And do and and even like those sevens for eye health and all these beautiful fats that are so critical to our cellular health. And it's not about avoiding these things. It's it's about integrating them in in the unadulterated forms. Yes, yes. And you can't on that note, like you said, you can't offset the fried chicken with the omega threes with the fish oil because I do have a trick for you though. Okay. Well, let let me say this part. I always would just tell patients, how about we avoid the crappy omega-6s so we don't need to pound so many omega-3s and others, right? That that was kind of my caveat. But yes, what's the trick? And you know from the pathway that the the three, like the lower level essential fatty acids are not just going to offset the rancid sixes that you've eaten. They don't work that. There's no communication (laughs) there in the pathway in the body. So it doesn't work that way. Um, but the, the trick, I've got a good little trick with butyrate. So the omega-6s, rancid omega-6s are going to build something up called very long chain fats and they accumulate in our, in our cells as this like cellular debris. Mm -hmm. Butyrate breaks that down. So if you do go to a restaurant and you do eat some vegetable oils, take some butyrate. Interesting. I love that. I'm writing this down. So I have this for later. (laughs) This is good. Well, it's funny because I take butyrate after a high fat meal and I feel better. So yeah, yeah, that, that goes in there. Yeah, we need all, God did not, or the universe, whatever, did not develop all of these things to be completely avoided. And it's hard. It, again, this is a hard one because if I mention seed oils or avoiding oxidized seed oils, then you have to explain what oxidized is. And you have to, you know, people just don't under, it's, you can't do it in a 400 character post on social media. It's it's a longer conversation. Um, but yeah, avoiding the crappy junk that, I mean, we don't want canola oil. We're not talking about that here. We're talking about the appropriate omega-6s that we need to build that cellular membrane. And then that plays into metabolic health and insulin resistance and all of that jazz. So it's a it's a bigger conversation. It's We do get myopic. I think we kind of have to for social media and that's the challenging part. It's like, I tell people to eat meat and lift weights, but that's not the whole story, but that's a good starting point, right? Like it'll get you, it'll get you on the right path. Usually what I found though, is when people start feeling better and like your story about the tacos, when you can start tolerating these foods more appropriately, you can start to branch out and like I could not handle any gluten at all for decades. I was gluten-free. And once I got my gut cleaned up after that sort of carnivore stint and then use utilizing butyrate, um, I'm able to go out and eat and not fall apart completely, right? I'm, I'm able to, I have a little bit more tolerance there than I used to. I can travel without, you know, turning into like looking like I'm six months pregnant with bloat after I eat a meal. So I can avoid what I know will set me off, but I also have tools available. And then I've done the gut healing to be able to tolerate these foods. And I think that does come down to better cellular health overall, having having gone through that protocol and, and having that be helpful. I love the products. I want to talk about phosphatidylcholine too. I love phosphatidylcholine, but I'm going to let you talk about why you love phosphatidylcholine because I think it's, we, I know we mentioned it early on, but what are some more therapeutic benefits of this? 
It's my favorite thing. I mean, for me as a mom, you look at your kids, you look at the world of toxic soup that we're raising them in. And uh, there's just nothing more important to me, uh, you know, minerals and a healthy diet and, and nourishing foods. But this idea of cellular resilience in the world that we're in today, I think is so important. And um, it's really, it's, I'm learning so much more just about how many things affect our health and how they affect our health. And so the more I can prioritize that as a mother, but also as kind of an, an educator to help more people understand this concept is really my mission. It was my grandfather's mission. My grandfather actually wanted to turn PC into a drug. And um, he did not feel that people would understand what it is. He thought phosphatidylcholine will always be too technical uh, for the general public to understand. And I think the world's different. And I think now is the time when we can talk about the technical and really look at at um, the benefits of something, even though it, it seems quite esoteric talking about cellular health. Um, but I think that the the applications of PC and the ways it's being studied both for, you know, its role in lipid replacement therapy for neurodegeneration, for things like autism, mold toxicity, as well as the role of just phosphatidylcholine in uh, dementia, Alzheimer's, uh, the role that it plays in neuronal death induced by amyloid plaques. Um, there's just, it's, it's extensive and it's a really fascinating, it's not necessarily supplement, it's a biological substrate. Phoscholine, that is like the, I just, it's the brain happy I, it, it, whenever anyone came to me with any kind of, well, and most pain, actually, when you think about my backgrounds, like I said, in pain, most pain has a brain component, whether we like it or not. And so you see people in these sort of wind up pain phenomenons where their nervous systems wound up. We call it central sensitization, whatever you want to call it. Their nervous system is way too wound up. And I love phosphatidylcholine in those cases. It, it just calms the nervous system down. And again, that's why we like the egg yolks, right? And it's like you said, it's present in some meats. Um, it's, I think that this crazy low fat fad that happened over the decades of my life, if you look at humans now compared to when I was young and it started, clear, <laughs> clearly there was a problem there and it, it did not help us any. But I think a big player in that was lack of phosphatidylcholine in the diet and- that whole anti-egg movement alone was I can I can put my finger on it. Plus, like we said, the advent of these processed rancid seed oils becoming you know the mainstay of it's in everything, um, and I think we're severely lacking phosphatidylcholine. I've I handed out for virtually anything and everything, and you're right, people can't wrap their heads around it. And they don't. Um, all they can do is either feel better or not. Right, and when they feel better, they get it, but phosphatidylcholine is my go-to. Whenever whenever my brain's being funny, I'm like, bring on the phoscholine. Give me, give it all to me. It's, it's, yeah, it's good stuff. And you're right. And I like there's that. a lot of people who think like you can take lecithin. It's different. And, and most phosphatidylcholine, I mean, what makes ours so unique is that my grandfather figured out a way to isolate the various phospholipids. So you have, you have phosphatidylcholine, the majority is PC, but then you also have phosphatidylserine, part of the yeah. phosphatidylethanolamine, phosphatidylinositol, and phosphatidic acid. And so you have that balance. Um, a lot of people will say, oh, well, it's derived from soy. In the process of isolating those phospholipids, we remove the soy proteins, which is the estrogenic or allergenic part of the soy. Um, oh, nice. The, you know, people say, can you do the same with sunflower? And you cannot. Sunflower has a 60% less 
um, it's comprised of 60% less phospholipids. So you cannot get the same amount from sunflower PC. I did not know that. Yeah. I do love phosphorine too. That's all. That's yeah. All but, stuff. but you know, it's, it's, again, it's that it's the essential fatty acid argument of balance. If you yeah. take phosphatidylserine short term, it's absolutely going to help with your memory. Longer term, it's going to offset the levels of the other phospholipids on your cell membrane. And so you want the balance and you want this balance that's going to allow for all of them to, to kind of have the correct balance for your cell membrane and the ratio for your cell membrane. So that's why I think ours is, is so unique is that it has that balance and it's a, you know, a proprietary formula that my grandfather figured out how to, to isolate and extract. Yes. The balance is the key. That goes for anything. You can't you can't crush a, a, a high level of something without sending everything else out of balance. And that's at the end of the day. I mean, that's the name of the game. And so, especially when we're dealing with fatty acids, you're you're completely right. I see that with people who try to pound the fish oil, and I get that question all the time: How much fish oil should I take? And I'm like, Oh gosh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> that's you know, it's really eat some fish. Yeah, eat some fish or I I carry one in my own private line that you know, I I think is a wonderful tool but it's not something I push. And that's another conversation, you know, people get there's a lot of people out there who are really anti-fish oil and they really come down on it and I'm I'm I get it. I get their argument. At the same time, I think it comes back to what you just said, though. I think it's when we start sending things out of balance that we run into problems. It's not that any one of these things is bad for you. It's when we start imbalancing the system and imbalancing the cellular membranes <clears throat> and that fatty acid bilayer, it's when we get into trouble. So, Yeah. Well, I love it. Uh, where can people find out more? Let's send them to the places. Where are all the places, the social medias, the website? Everything's at BodyBio, uh, BodyBio.com, and all of our social handles are at BodyBio. And of course, I always have to uh, say this is not medical advice. Of course. Uh, as always, please refer back to your healthcare provider and talk to them before making any changes in your supplement or dietary regime. I agree. And I, that's not just a disclaimer, guys. Like That's actually really a good idea. Again, you can start playing with supplements and get yourself into a lot of trouble if you go full board in one direction too far. So I, I am a big fan of working with somebody who actually knows what they're doing with these products and um, can get you set in the right direction. So, well, this has been really fascinating. I, I wish I could have met your grandpa. I'm so excited to meet you, but he sounds like such a fascinating guy. How lucky are you to have that in your family. I very much was. And I'm, I'm, you know, it's a family business that we uh, continue. My husband's the CEO and um, we have so many family members that work with us. And we're really fortunate for that because we're able just to continue his legacy. I love it. I love it. This has been so great. Well, thank you so much, Jess, for coming on the show today. We will make sure everything's hooked up in the show notes, all the links uh, appropriately. And uh, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to The Dr. Tina Show. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Tina, that's D-R-T-Y-N-A and Dr. Tina 2.0, as well as visit my website at drtina.com. This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and mixed by Chris McCone. The theme song is by John the Guilt. As always, you can email the show at podcast at drtina.com. And if you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. See you next week. 
This podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practices of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. I am a doctor, but I am not your doctor. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and the materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content on this podcast is intended not to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice from any medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. If you're looking to take back your health, it's time for you to listen to the Real Foodology podcast. From the producer of The Dr. Tina Show comes one of Apple Podcast's top 10 nutrition shows hosted by integrative nutritionist and real food activist Courtney Swan. The Real Foodology podcast is on a mission to change the way we eat. Courtney interviews doctors, food experts, health professionals, and nutrition pioneers to bring you the best info so you can thrive. Somewhere along the way, we lost sight of how impactful our food choices are. But it's never too late to start on the path of better health choices. You'd be so surprised how resilient our bodies are when we start taking care of them. Yes, it's overwhelming, but that's why Courtney's here to help. She breaks it down for you and makes the information more accessible so that you can make more informed decisions in the grocery aisle or restaurant. Listen to the Real Foodology podcast today on your favorite podcast app.